Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back. Hello, part two. This is our lovely chat with Carson Tula. If you haven't heard part one, go and have a listen, then come back here. Um, it, it'll be in your feed next to this here episode. Take it away for part two. Here's Carson. What's happened to your the boy you were dating? The one, that your, your first kiss? Oh, yeah. So he was incredible. He was incredibly supportive. He was in the hospital with me. He told me he thought that he could move closer so he could kind of pursue things while I was in recovery. And I just realized I was not in a place where I could like have a full on relationship. Um, and I just needed to focus on recovery. So we ended up breaking yeah. up so that I could just kind of explore this new body and figure out how to do some really basic life things. Um, but he was he was incredible. He continues to be one of my closest friends. Oh, it's that's really, nice. I'm so yeah. glad. It's lovely. And, and what was that like having he was new in your life, but you've got this your family coming together around this big event. That's right. He's there and were they accepting of him was how, how was that yeah they were it was new it, that's a good point it, it had only been a couple of weeks that my family had met him and mm. they were getting still very much getting used to, to this idea of me having a boyfriend but yeah they were accepting and, and he was in the hospital with us and he was visiting me in the icu and he was close to my sister and that part was not too much of a problem that's so lovely to hear how quickly did you go back to college and I mean what was the sort of the recovery time in terms of being able to pick up where you had mm -hmm. been in your life and and also then how soon did you start you know like well I guess going out to bars sort of starting to be have a, a gay life so I took a solid two years to focus on my recovery and actually there was something inside me that said, take your time. Mm. Don't skip any steps here, especially because I wanted to process what was happening to me in real time and not have to do serious catch up later. Because I did watch some paralyzed people jump back into school like really fast and didn't have mm. the same kind of processing time that I did. So yeah. I just took time to blog and write and kind of use creative outlets to really process my grief. So and then I was doing physical therapy for two years, as well as I was swimming a lot at that time. So after two years, 
I started to feel like, okay, like I'm, I am where I'm going to be at with my injury. So started to get back into online school and I started going on dates again a year. Yeah. I was probably within that second year that I started going on like single dates when I finally had my own Mm. car and I could like drive to my own date. Right. Mm. That was about the time that I started to dabble back into dating. Did you find people supportive and welcoming or what was it like? Everyone questioned my sexual function right off the bat. It right. was, can, in fact, I put it in my Tinder bind because I just got tired of it. I put it in my bio <laughs> and everywhere else and like my whole thing. And then at the end, I put, yes, it works. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they're nothing if not direct, the gays. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah. so for, some, for some guys, there were questions, there were invasive questions. Um, and then for other guys that didn't i mean i had people that would just message me like oh, i want to ride you well in your wheelchair or whatever <laughs> like just like ready to go and had no problem or question about how things were going to go um mm. so it was like a mixed bag for sure did you find if someone wrote you a message i want to ride you in your wheelchair like did you find because when i heard you say that i was like god i i find that almost a bit othering you know what i mean it's like it's it's like i'm not I'm more than that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Or did you like it? Well, this was in a grinder kind of a space. So it was, <laughs> I expected, I did, I, I, Let's go. my expectations were not high in terms of kind of like this <laughs> intellectual <laughs> connection. You know, I was expecting yes. kind of more yes. uh, kind of sexual interaction. I've been in some scrapes on grinder. Um, oh and, <laughs> And don't say and, scrape. That just because I've, I've gone into a whole <laughs> other sphere there. Hello to you all, if any of you are listening. Um, <laughs> 2,786 of you. Sorry, I didn't call back. <laughs> we did what we did and it was fine, but it wasn't great. But do you, when it comes to sexual function, Carson, like, do, do you mind talking about it? And do you, do you feel that you are someone who can help and explain what it's like. Or oh, yeah. If I'm not talking I love about talking about sex. <laughs> I love talking about sexual function because there's so much a taboo around like disability and sex. And we've got mm. such strict yeah. ideas about what sex has to look like. Mm. And so if I can illustrate with my own experiences and give people hope or even just like bring down these barriers around what people think is possible in terms of sexual intimacy and pleasure and physical connection, then perfect that's i want nothing more than that so yeah i'll answer any questions imagine you have. <laughs> like it must completely change well i've got lots of questions but i imagine the biggest thing must mean that s- different parts of your body suddenly now become erogenous zones that you might not have imagined that's definitely before, part of it? it yeah and the, the thing about dis- disability and sex and about the human body in general is just like there are there is no normal. I have mm-hmm. disabled, paralyzed friends who have all their sensation. And mm-hmm. I have guy friends who can feel their penis perfectly. And mm-hmm. someone like me, I can't feel mine almost at all. Right. So we have totally different experiences. So we have to kind of adhere to greater principles of sexuality than just these like real specific kind of cases, if that makes sense. So yeah. in my case, Yes, I lost 
physical sensation below my chest. So I stopped feeling right at the top of my sternum here. Um, mm. And everything else above that has become more sensitive. Um, mm. And especially in a sexual context, uh, I achieve orgasm through the places that I do feel. So like my ears, my neck, even like my scalp becomes very, very sensitive top of my chest. I mean, so all of these places are now the way that I experience orgasm essentially. So, and I, cause I was reading about this a little bit that I didn't know you've educated me about ere- erections. Yes. <laughs> a sentence I never thought I'd be saying today, um, but uh, um, is that there's two kinds of erections and most people, I didn't know that. Yes. There's one that's like one that you, when you get, when your brain gives you one because of images and things it's thinking or right. seeing. There's a nerve, yeah, that carries those yeah. messages down and what, says... What's that nerve called? That's a good question. I actually don't oh. remember the name of the actual nerve. All I know is that it's paralyzed on me. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I'm good laughing. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's, what's, it's what's up. So, and it's bedside manner. Um, yes, yeah, so, but the other one, the other kind of erection is when it's sort of like you... So that's presumably the kind you get, which is when if you if you, if you touch it and it, it mm-hmm. becomes... Manual stimulation. Manual stimulation, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a very interesting experience. It's because so, so erectile function is, like you said, it can be something that's like psychogenic. So it comes from images and thoughts, um, yeah. something that you see. Like, you know, if you're watching something like something erotic, then, mm. you know, that message is sent down. You experience arousal. So that doesn't, I don't have that experience anymore. Right. Um, but then there's a actual reflex. There's like an erectile, I believe. There's a, there's a, a, a reflex responsible for erectile function. So that's the one that still works for me. So with physical stimulation, that reflex works and I'll have an erection, even though yeah. I'm not necessarily feeling aroused, so to speak. Right, right. Yeah. Because it's a separate... Yeah, yeah. And I can do both at the same time. I can find arousal in a different way while I'm also getting an erection. So I can like make them happen at the same time, but they don't automatically happen like they do for most people with penises. Quite the puzzle for the Mormons, I imagine. (laughs) Am I breaking the rules? (laughs) Exactly. I thought of this so many times. I was like, wait just a second. If this is about not touching my wiener... I'm free to have as many orgasms as I yeah. want. I didn't touch it. It was him. Yeah. <laughs> but then you were, you were talking about um, uh, intimacy. And as a result, like that comes in more to your sexual relations. Yeah. I imagine. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Because I think that's something we lack. I think so too. Um, which I think is sad because there is so much you can do when you are willing to communicate with a partner. Mm. And that's really what, that's really the uh, mechanism here that creates the intimacy is that for me to have a great sexual experience, I have to tell someone exactly how this is going to go because Mm. it's not something that you've seen in porn or it's not something that you've probably had with another partner. So I'm going to say, this is how I get off. This is like, if you're, you know, happy to move forward this way. This is like how I'm going to tell you what's going to work for me um, Mm, so that we both have a great experience. And just the communication alone automatically creates a sort of 
partnership, even if it's for mm-hmm. that moment where we're both yeah. committed to experiencing pleasure together and yeah, contributing to the other's pleasure as well, right? It's like a collaborative experience that is inherently connected, at least in some extent, yeah. you know, to some degree. And unless I kind of, unless we cut straight through all the fucking shit, this isn't going to happen. So here, here it is. That's right. And I, I, and I felt very early on, like my, or I deserve orgasms like everybody else. So if you think that you're going to come in here and get, get off and get out, like that doesn't fly Mm. with me. So if you're not willing to do the work and learn, then you can go find a different partner and that's totally fine, but I'm not your guy. And talking of which, can I talk about your anus? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> he does this to everybody, Cos. <laughs> this is one of the questions every guest is asked. Tell me about your anus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? So I read and I, well, you know, you have some feeling, even though you're paralyzed from the chest down. Yes. You do have some feeling in your anus because the spinal cord is kind of comes down that way. And so that's one of the last places that, that, paralyzed people sometimes have feeling is yes that correct yes in fact so, the sensation in the anus is used as a tool to measure whether or not or how much information is getting through the spinal cord because it's the last place that you feel on the spinal cord is your anus right oh, wow yeah so is the is the anus an area in your sexual lexicon absolutely yes yes and especially because it for me it provides a sense of being in touch with the rest of my body because I don't have a lot of sensation below right. my chest. So these few spaces where I do really does help me feel fully physically connected with my partner. Um, That's great. The, and I, it, it's funny because I do other, there are some other practices that I've discovered that help me feel connected to my entire body. One is like just watching someone touch me below where I can't wow. feel, I have the sensation of feeling touched and is still uh. pleasurable, even though I can't literally feel it. Mm. And the other thing is I'll wow. just place my hand over the, my, I mean, currently my boyfriend's hand while he touches me and feels me up or does, does whatever he does. I'm following him, even though I'm like fully engaged with him here I can feel him feeling me if my hand's on top of his and I have the experience Uh, of being touched completely. It is incredible. And I was like, why didn't anyone tell me this? I was just part of the experimentation is I realized like, oh my gosh, like I feel like you're feeling my legs or my junk or my, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It'll probably be the junk. Yeah. If if I'm following you and I can Can feel feel something else. That's, that's really amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mirrors are also incredibly effective at kind of feeling connected to my body, being able to see myself. Yeah, yeah all of those things. But that's mm. really fascinating. And um, where is God in your life now? Oh man, that's a good question. I'm, I'm like the pro. I'm like Barbara Walters today. <laughs> Talk about your anus. What about God? <laughs> same, I same. I think that's all I've got, though. Gosh. <laughs> it gets fluffy from now on, Carson. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have had this really, in, this really intense relationship with God because I felt so close and connected to God through religion, and had conflated God with religion um, until actually very recently where I realized like um, whatever is God and whatever I had called God 
all growing up has stayed with me through my entire journey. Um, and it's only been recently that I've started to consider to, to, to develop a relationship with that experience and kind of like that piece of myself in my life, this idea that there is a God or something divine, something mysterious like that, that could be connected to me. Um, Right now, it's very undefined still, and it certainly has nothing to do with, like, a religion. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But it's interesting, you were saying how when you, you know, for example, when you're on the stretcher and you said to your mum, like, I think this was supposed to happen. And like, uh, for me, like the way I connect with the religion, which is not very much, but I do connect with the idea of lessons being passed down. Sure. You know, and and patience and acceptance. Right, like virtues, you know, like, sure. Yeah, and like, it feels like those have stayed with you. Certainly. Um, but in non-religious in a non-religious sense. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. I would say that my, one of the things that I'm so passionate about, about all of this work has been the real, and it's been the key piece of my whole journey through paralysis and, and kind of my queerness has been developing and understanding human worth um, Mm -hmm. and understanding that so much of my suffering that came from my gayness and so much of my suffering that has come from paralysis has really come from this experience of not feeling worthy. Um, Mm -hmm. And my drive, my interest in um, changing the landscape of disability in the world is really a spiritual one. And it really comes back to that feeling you talked about, like that God feeling like this is the thing that I can contribute. This is the way I can lessen suffering. This is the way, like if someone cannot deal with what I dealt with when I was paralyzed in this feeling of total worthlessness and feeling like life's not worth living, then, you know, I'll do anything within my power to prevent someone from having that same experience because it's unnecessary. Mm. All of that comes from that God place, that same feeling Mm. like that, that there's a sacred, something holy or sacred. And I don't usually use those words, but Mm about that does that make sense Ab- uh, yeah. t- a- absolutely yeah. no absolutely and that's like your job now isn't it you're like a life coach and a motivator motivational speaker and stuff like that yeah I, I sometimes i don't know exactly how to describe what i do i do a lot of essentially um like empowerment um and, and performance coaching especially i have a lot of disabled clients um 
and a lot of the work we do is the work of kind of pulling out this internalized ableism or like mm. kind of the stigma of, of having a body that is disabled um, mm. and then empowering the client to be unstoppable in a world with so many barriers to have exactly what they want. So I do that on kind of the micro scale and then on the bigger scale, that looks like activism, that looks like policy change, that looks like speaking with corporate, other corporate clients or in other spaces where we're doing the same work, but on a bigger systemic scale. So sometimes do corporations employ you to sort of help them have a better uh, better disability um, services and things? Like, I mean, I, we, we were talking earlier about your thing when you go around New York and you say, look, here's how hard it is for a disabled person to be in this city. And uh, uh, Do you kind of like advise people on how to make it better for disabled people? Yeah, so I sometimes, it depends on what the, the client or the company I'm working for is looking for. But um, sometimes it is bringing the disabled, like the disability perspective into the intersectional space of diversity in general. So what does it look like to be inclusive of people with disabilities? How do you create a culture of accommodation um, for people with disabilities? So definitely that piece. Um, and then I do have other, other um, clients where what I'm doing is just generally teaching individuals regardless of ability about how to like live powerfully and use tools of empowerment to um, follow through create vision can all those things is there a kernel a singular thing that you can talk to people who you're coaching and that empowers them that you feel they don't see because one of the things that someone was saying the other day it, because of COVID was saying, we all like to think we live in certain times most of the time. The truth is it's we all live in yeah. uncertain times the entire time. Always. Right. So, so you, and I feel that people who have let go of the concept of certainty, which I do think queer people experience because they do not match the path that a lot of people wanted them to have or people who have been through Things like, right. if, for example, your injury. Highly disruptive experiences. Yeah. Yeah. The people who can let go and go, you know, that I think is the path to happiness. Yes. It is such a key to empowerment. So to answer your question, like empowerment is really about one's relationship to your external kind of uh, life and and physical barriers or economic barriers, whatever a barrier is, if you have a commitment to get from point A to point B hmm. and there's something in the way, empowerment is about your relationship with that thing that is in the way. And mm -hmm. either treating it with creativity to find a way to work with the barrier to get around it or there are some things that are considered barriers. Like this might be a little bit conceptual, like too conceptual to make sense. So let me know if it doesn't make sense. I'm going to love it. I know it. But one of those things, for example, is people would like regard my wheelchair as being an inherent barrier or paralysis as an inherent barrier to living a happy life. Right. Mm. But if my relationship to my wheelchair and paralysis is not one that it is a barrier but when where my body is whole complete and I'm living within these particular parameters, that barrier no longer really has a massive impact on my life. I'm just hmm. living within particular parameters and living incredibly creatively. So I still get exactly what I want in a different way. 
So it's really teaching people about looking at these blind spots where they have a relationship to a barrier or they have some kind of interpretation of the barrier that is disempowering to them. Like, does does that make sense at all? Yeah, it really, so read, read, like changing the narrative, I guess. Yeah, so, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is there something in there about um, perfectionism as well? Like, this is how I want it to be or else I'm not going to be happy. And actually understanding there are a thousand different paths to anything. Yes, absolutely. Like the attachment of how it has to... I was just talking with my boyfriend about this last night. Um, that's one of the greatest gifts that I've gotten from paralysis and from being disabled. And I actually think it's one of the reasons that I have been able to pivot and experience a a, a positive sense of well-being throughout this pandemic is that I am used to living in the face of massive barriers that get in the way that really disrupt Mm -hmm. where I think I'm going. And I have Mm -hmm. a lot of aptitude because I've had to practice of saying, oops, that didn't work or okay, well, that's not going to happen what is the next thing I need to do right now to move toward in a more creative way or in a different way to my happiness, right? Right. Or to my joy and my fulfillment. So something like a pandemic is like, you know, the same practice of saying, Oh, wow, my plan is really disrupted. What's the next thing? What's the next step? What's the next path to my joy and fulfillment? What am I committed to here? Like all of those questions and practices. I love that. I also wondered, and this is kind of like a, I'm going to make a musical theater uh, joke, which is very rare for me. Let me tell you. He has to point them out to me in advance. <laughs> like I, I'm a bad, I'm like, everyone thinks I'm a big musical queen because I've been in a couple. Chris is like Neanderthal man compared to me in terms of the musical. It's the butchest thing about me. I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> it, know. It. it seriously is. But like, you know, so there's this musical called The Book of Mormon, Chris. Have you heard of it? I've even seen that one, Alan, and I didn't fall asleep. Well, there we go. But there's, because I, I, there's a song when they say, fuck you, God, and the thing. I, I, basically, I was going to say, was there ever a time when you really thought, fuck you, God? Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It was like early in the hospital because I had like given everything. I mean, I was a good Mormon. Like, I'm t- like I didn't masturbate for my entire mission. Like oh, once in that? two yes. years. Like, like I, I did everything correctly and obediently. And so I got a blessing from an apostle. There are only 12 apostles in the world in the Mormon church. And they are treated as though they are like truly like oracles, prophets. Like the Pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are popes, essentially. It's like I got a blessing from a Pope who put his hands on my head and told me that a full recovery was possible. In person. In person. Yeah, yeah. And um, when that that didn't happen over time, despite everything that I was doing. Did you think, did you, at that point, did you think, oh, oh, that must, will happen then because he said so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought for sure that I was like, okay, this is going to be me. I'm going to be like the miracle child. I'm going to, this is going to happen. And especially because everything I had sacrificed and given. And so when it didn't happen, I was like, what the hell? Like, after. uh, Fuck you. Yeah. Of all the things. Fuck you, apostle, actually. I would be more. I had, yeah. I had, it was, that was, I mean, that was really the straw that broke the camel's back of my faith. I had a massive faith crisis after that because. We're talking about like my permanent ability to function as like a young 23 year old who's desperate to walk again. Like there could not have been higher stakes. So it was actually really like traumatic to 
But now, with everything that you've done that is so incredible, would you ever want what he said to have come true? I don't know. I mean, it's so hard, right? Like, on one hand, I wish I just could have both, you know? I wish I could have, like, all of the lessons I've learned. And But if someone, I don't know, if someone presented me with a pill that could unparalyze me right now, I never know. I'm like, would I take it? My life would be so much easier. And being disabled and paralyzed is constantly this like magical bridge to the most incredible lessons that I've ever learned as a human being. And I know Mm -hmm. that that bridge would be gone if I were to not be paralyzed anymore. Wow. That's amazing. It's not not for me to say in, in don't say regards, it then. Well, no, but in regards to your own experience, <laughs> in, in regards to your, oh, I'm saying it, um, in regards to your own experience. But I think that when we think about why, why are we here and how can we make this matter and have some real purpose? Right. Like, I think what those lessons is why we're here. Like everything else is utterly pointless. It's, that's what I think too. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, like, people who walk are miserable (laughs) as well. Like it's not like walking or having a working body, like makes people, uh, you know, yeah, that's not the thing. Totally. Yeah, exactly. It's, and I, I, you know, realized that pretty early on as I was like, you know what? Like I was dealing with some serious dark times when I was fully able-bodied, like when I was coming out, like, I just knew that walking was not going to be the thing, like some panacea to all of my problems. Mm. I just knew it would make life easier. Right. Mm. I will say this. And I think this is important for me to clarify. I am not interested in not being paralyzed because somehow I would be more whole or complete as a human being, which is sometimes the perception, right? We have this like cure healing thing that we have for disabled people which is really ableist, right? Inherently to think, oh, you must want to be like the rest of us. And Mm -hmm. it's not like that. It's just, I would love to feel my penis again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'd love to feel grass on my feet. I would love to run again. I would love to swim again. I would love to tumble. I would love to um, be able to walk up the stairs to my friend's house, um, Oh my gosh, right now I just want, like, I actually kind of want to get my other nipple pierced and I can't find a piercing place that doesn't have stairs. I would love to walk down the stairs to get to a piercing place to pierce my nipple. <laughs> so yes. I'm talking about like the convenience oh, yeah. of it, but like, yes. I don't have the experience anymore of, of being worthless or that something is missing. I'm a whole incomplete person and this is how my body currently works and there's nothing wrong mm. with that. And okay. it would be helpful to be able to walk. Are there moments in dreams where you have ever had sensation? I am only never, I have never dreamed in my wheelchair ever. So my brain is like fully thinking that we're constantly running around still. Just need to find a nipple piercing so, place in the dream. <laughs> well, this has been so great, Carson. Thanks so much for joining us today. You've been an absolute darling. It really has. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Alan, you've got to stop asking all our guests about their bottoms. <laughs> It's sorry. It's it's been too much. I heard myself saying, "Can I ask you about your anus?" <laughs> and I went, "Do you know what? This is a bloody family show. It's taking a turn." No, I thought it was a really uh, 
one, a great question. And I thought if you could top that, it, his answer and the way that he talks about all of that aspect of his life is just like a font. Ah, hmm. so refreshing to find out these things and to talk to him and talk to someone who's, you know, and like has no shame. As, as, I mean, I, I don't just as a mm. person, no matter uh, 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 any of the things we're actually just as a person, he's got such great energy and great like wanting to share everything to help people understand communication. That's what he's saying about the whole thing is about communication. That's what he's learned so much. I just thought he was absolutely lovely. And I think the shame that you're talking about is it's nothing to do with disability. It's about no. himself and who he is. Oh no, talking you know, about and things about sex and, and bums yeah. and all that. Oh no, not the shame. Yeah. Not the, you know, that's what I meant. Like regardless of all that, his, yeah. his spirit and his openness and his, desire for good communication is just that's what i just crave in in life yeah what an incredible story and what an incredible man to be that honest and that and to be helping so many people in that way as well gosh so inspiring yeah listeners we want to know what you thought of that um so please write in hello at homo sapiens podcast.com or you can contact please. us on instagram uh, or Facebook. Do we have Facebook? We do. Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook. Oh, yeah. So we have that. No one goes on there. And then you can go to Apple Podcasts yep. and you can subscribe yep. to us if you haven't. If you've just chanced upon us. Imagine if you just chanced mm. upon this interview. You think, what the hell's happening? If you were Googling Alan Cumming anus <laughs> question and here you are. God, that must be a, there must be a lot of hits on that search. Yeah. Um, 1.3 trillion pages. And, uh, yeah, go to Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe. But you can also um, judge. What do you call it? Grade us. What's it called? Rate us, Rate us and leave a review. Yeah, and then if you if you you can also win a t-shirt if you possibly because we look at all the reviews and we and we judge you back. <laughs> and you can also I'm wearing or you can't see it but I'm wearing a Homo Sapiens sweatshirt which is also you available are. in the Homo Sapiens store and the website the very complicated website of which is Chris alancoming.com <laughs> forward slash shop. <laughs> this is like this gag never gets old. That was, well, let, listeners, tell us if you think it does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speak Ooh. to us, people. Speak to us. We love you. Yes. Bye-bye. We love you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.